it is a little like middle school. You do have to wait a moment, and then they eventually do what you ask them to do. But it's never right away. I understand that, and I am very patient. Thank you. Thank you very much. Would you allow me at this time to lead you in the prayer for illumination? Let's pray. Triune God, discern in our hearts the will you would have us desire, the love you would shape in our world, and the grace that will enable us. Amen. Our first scripture lesson this morning is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 8 through 17. It can be found on page 108 of the New Testament in your Sanctuary Bible. Again, I'll be reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 8 through 17. Listen now for God's living word. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and, in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your Spirit. Amen. So today is Pentecost. We decided to celebrate with a little bit of red. Thank you, Paul Booker. He was uh, my aesthetic advisor this week. But Pentecost is a day in the church's life that completes the season of Easter. It's a time of worship where we celebrate the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the color red symbolizes the Spirit and its activity. We sometimes call today the birthday of the church because it was a day when the, the church took on the earthly ministry of Jesus as the resurrected Jesus returned to God 
And so the church was tasked by Jesus with the continuing of Jesus' ministry led by the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit in two ways. Jesus describes the Spirit as the pneuma. It's the Greek word for breath or for wind or for spirit. But the Holy Spirit part of us as the air we breathe. The Spirit moves through our lives like a wind that pushes us along. But John also uses another word for the Holy Spirit. It's a unique word, and it appears only in John's gospel. John calls the Holy Spirit the paraclete. And while calling the Holy Spirit the breath of God or the wind describes the Spirit's form, paraclete describes the action and the activity and the role that the Spirit plays in our lives. Now, it's a word that can be used in a variety of ways and can be defined a multitude of ways. It can define God's spirit as an advocate or a teacher or a guide or a helper. There's many roles described by this word paraclete. And in a sense, Jesus has been the paraclete for the disciples. But Jesus will return to God and the Holy Spirit will begin to fulfill this role for them as the church begins to fulfill this role in the world. The Spirit will breathe life into the church and inspire its activities. Now, both ways, ways, paraclete or pneuma, can be powerful ways of knowing God's relationship to people. God is in us. But God also teaches and guides and advocates. Now, this past week, as I thought about how the Spirit is interacting in the church, I began to think about the start of Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church's summer camps. Now, Camp Westminster will be a part of our first camp, our Bible camp, our Bible and Wilderness camp, And if you were to go up to their actual camp on Higgins Lake, not just the one that they bring here to the city of Detroit at Jefferson Avenue, but if you went up to camp at Higgins Lake, as I did once upon a time, you would experience camp songs. Now, one of the songs that I remember from camp was a song called Going on a Bear Hunt. It's pretty popular. You might even know it. It's one that we sometimes sing at home with my three-year-old daughter. She loves it, and it's a call-and-response song. Why don't we uh, get in the camp spirit and sing it together? If you don't, if you know it, sing it loud, sing it proud. If you don't know it, all you have to do is listen to what I sing, and you can sing it back. So I'll sing a line, and you echo it back. And if you are so bold, you can even do the hand motions with me. All right. The spirit is moving. I know it. Here we go. We're going on a bear hunt. 
We're going to catch a big one. I'm not scared. Oh no, a river. We can't go under it. You can't go around it. We have to swim through it. Swim, 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 swim. You guys are great. <laughs> Got to work on those hand motions. <laughs> so there are occasions in life when there is just no other way. We can't go over. We can't go under. We can't go around. We can try and avoid what's difficult or challenging, but odds are it's not going to go how we want or how we plan. Usually, under such circumstances, at least as this song teaches, the best way is to go through. The best way is to go in. And God knows this. God teaches this. Jesus explains that the Spirit does not go off on her own. God does not act by God's self in the world. God invites people into living out the ministry of Christ here and now in our lives and our scripture this morning explains just this. When the resurrected Jesus returns to God the Creator, people are called on to continue Christ's ministry. And the people, the people called the church, which includes all of us here, do this by the leading of God's Spirit. And Jesus is clear that the Spirit is in us as we live as the church. And if we were ever unsure if we could fulfill such a responsibility, well, the Gospel of John is right here to reassure the people. We are not alone, for God's Spirit acts in our lives to teach and to guide My and to advocate. Is, where have you experienced the Spirit teaching and guiding and advocating in your life? Do you have any teachers that you remember? In college, I had a teacher that we called Doc. And along the way, I had gotten to know Doc well. And I learned a lot from Doc. I learned a lot in the classroom from him, and I was even his teaching assistant my senior year of college, learning how to lead in a university classroom from him. But I really got to know him while I was studying in Austria in a program that he led. And one weekend, he led a trip into the Austrian Alps, and I went along. He took students up the mountain to stay the night, and as we hiked down, we neared our return to proper civilization, and we decided to stop for lunch. There was a little mountain house on the way down. And it was one of the handful of, occasion, of occasions where I experienced him as the teacher that he really was. 
No longer in the world of our classroom, I was learning from him in the classroom of the world. And so when our conversation turned to us students beginning to share our uncertainties about our own lives after college, he began to talk about his. And he was vulnerable enough to share regrets that he had, unfulfilled desires that he faced. He described misconnections that he'd experienced in his own life. He described a time when he passed over an opportunity that he wished that he'd accepted. Doc teaches in a classroom, but Doc also teaches lessons that cannot be taught in a classroom, and the Spirit is guiding Doc to be Now, a if someone ever led you or guided you into an understanding of life in a new way, when my wife Emma and I lived in Kentucky, she, also being a Presbyterian pastor, she was serving a rural church. Now, all churches have unique characteristics, and this church had a unique one that often came with fresh beef after worship that she returned home with for dinner. This is because her church was surrounded by cattle farms, and these farmers, many of them, were church members. So one evening, we were invited to visit some church members in their home. We had been wanting to learn how to can vegetables, and so they offered to teach us. They taught us, and then they had us over for a wonderful dinner. And then after dinner, they, they piled us into a truck and took us around the farm. It was a big farm, a big family farm, and they took us to see grain silos and barns filled with harvesters. They showed us fields where they grew soybeans and fields where they grew feed for cattle. They brought us to see the cattle fields and explained different breeds of cows. It was vastly different than the life that we lived a little over an hour away in Louisville in the city. But this family became a guide. This family led us into a different understanding of a different way of life. One that we were not fluent in, one that we would never know. But having seen this life and the way it was lived intimately by this family, taught us, Emma and I, that we could share life in this church with a deeper respect and love because they were able to guide us into understanding, to seeing and experiencing the fabric of their way of life. By the Spirit became a guide for us. And we were guided into understanding a way of life that we could never understand on our own. Now, do you recall, can you remember a time when someone advocated for you? Now, ad advocates can take many shapes. They take many forms and relationships. They can encourage or act on another's behalf or to support, or even there are times when advocates speak dissent. Now, when I ran track in high school, 
we as teammates were coached into acting as advocates for one another. We rooted one another on. Now, when I ran track, I was a sprinter. I ran the 200-meter, the 300-meter hurdle, and the 400-meter relay. And toward the end of our meets, when races became more critical for points, the relays were among those final events. And my classmates often had, had finished mo much of their events at that point so they could gather on the track together. And so the whole team, men's team, women's team, would gather along the inside of the track and they would line up stretching across the final 100 meters just as you rounded that last corner. And as we ran past, they would cheer. They would, they would do the wave. They would encourage. They would advocate on the track. And I never, never doubted for a minute that I was faster because. You see, we live our lives and we live our faith connected to the Spirit and connected to one another. We walk through life together. We teach, we advocate, we guide one another. But when we do this, we don't the do it alone. The Spirit of Christ is active and alive in us. So just as the Spirit goes with us, just as Jesus is present to us in God's Spirit, we are to live lives present to one another and we walk with when one another. When we encounter the realities of the world, those we just can't go over, those where there's just no way to go around, we remember that we go through, we enter in with the Spirit and with one another and we swim Swim, swim, swim together. Thanks be to God for the Spirit. Thanks be to God for the church that opens us to life together, life in Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.